Your name is Stryker? Yes, it is. That's fire. <laughs> wow. I love sandwiches. It's called tuna on toast. I, I, I spit. I don't know what I'm doing. I love music, and I love those that create it. Stryker's here. Tuna on toast. Yes. Tuna on toast. Yeah, welcome to another episode of Tuna on Toast. It is Ted Stryker. This is kind of like a mini Tuna on Toast episode. It's about 25 minutes long, and it features Dustin from the band Thrice from Irvine, California. Find your Irvine. Off topic for five seconds. The movie Palm Springs is one of my top seven favorite movies of all time. Andy Samberg is in it. Anyway, there's a line in there. Find your Irvine. Great movie. I'm going to tell you something. You may know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It is hard. It is so difficult to get anyone to pay attention to your art and to have people like you for well over 20 years. It means that you've been doing the right thing. You've built up the credibility. You form this incredible relationship with the folks that like your band. And that's what Thrice has done for 20 plus years. Their debut album came out in 2000 album number two in 2002, and then in 2003, The Artist in the Ambulance. We are celebrating 20 years of that incredible album, and this is a band thrice, if you don't know. They didn't. They weren't like a radio band that all of a sudden, this is a band that's on the radio every seven seconds uh, on every station around the country. These guys built up their fan base from just having great songs and playing a zillion shows, and every time they played a show, there would be people there would say, yep, you know what? I like these guys. I am, I'm buying stock in the band thrice. And there's many times where you would be at a concert to see a totally separate band. They would be there and then you would say, yep, okay, who is this thrice? Who are these guys? I'm putting my stock in them and I'm glad that you did because they have put out, uh, what is it, 11 studio albums over the years and back to the artist in the ambulance, songs like All That's Left and Stare Out the Sun hit number 16 on the chart. They just released a 20-year celebration of that album, uh, and it's called The Revisited Album. And what they did, they just didn't remix the songs. They have other artists doing the songs. It took a lot of work, and it's out now, and you should check it out. If you're listening now, you probably already know who they are. We did this on Zoom uh, I've known Dustin for many years. We're not like, you know, best friends or anything, but I clearly remember meeting him in 2001, maybe 2002 range with his family. They came to the radio station I was at and I got to meet him. It was just, yeah, it was really cool. And to see all the success over all these years makes me really happy for all of them. So let's get to this episode. By the way, if this is your first time here and you like Thrice, there's a, I have Tuna on Toast episodes with Fat Mike from No Effects, uh, Brett Gerwitz, Davey Havoc, Tom Morello, Tom DeLong, Mike Shinoda. I'm forgetting a lot. Oh, Mike Isinger, Mark McGrath has been on this show. You can watch a majority of the episodes on my YouTube channel, Tuna on Toast with Stryker. Find me all over social media or listen to this podcast anywhere, anytime. Okay, let's get to it. Without any further ado, Please welcome to Tuna on Toast. Here he is, Dustin from Thrice. Dustin. Hey, how are you? Good. Hold on. Let me hit record on this sucker. <laughs> hello, Sounds hello. Good. Recording in progress. Now we're official. There he is, Dustin 
from Thrice. It's good to see you on a computer. I feel like I'm right next to you right now. <laughs> You're right in front of me. But yes. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a long time, man. Congratulations on just an unbelievable career as you sit here right now. I think you know, but I'm going to tell you and ask you, you know you've affected and inspired and created a bunch of memories for a zillion people out there, right? Uh, yeah, I counted it was a zillion last time I checked. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's no, it's really, it is a lovely thing to be able to uh, connect with people and share music in the way that we get to. And yeah, I have to remind myself of it because like I'm just connected to music all day long. And then I realized like, People do that with my music. That's very cool. Absolutely. What is it like for you mentally? I'm not saying you tick this way, but you know, you had a 20 year anniversary last year of your second album. And now this year, the artist in the ambulance, it's 20 years. So I'm not saying people are acting like uncle Rico, like, Hey, I could throw a football over the mountains back in the day. <laughs> is it easy to be nostalgic for you and talk about these things? Yeah, it gets far enough out that it, it gets less weird, I think. I think when you're closer to something that you've made, then you're like, oh man, I'm trying to grow so much. I'm trying to like do something different. Um, that, you know, the things that are a bit closer, a little more cringy, and you get some more distance from them, you get better perspective. And I think you're able to appreciate the things that other people are, are seeing in it and have seen in it uh, without uh, some of the baggage. So that's fun. Uh, yeah, it was fun to revisit the illusion of safety and do just a couple live shows. Uh, and then it was a blast to, to do this, you know, revisiting of, uh, the artist ambulance. Right. And the revisiting, as you're mentioning, that's an entire album of the other songs, but you brought in friends and other musicians. Why did you take that route instead of just like, I, I don't I have no idea what the other road, hey, here's vinyl and an autograph and a picture from back in the day. Like, why'd you do it this way? Yeah. Well, we've, we've talked about like, remixing that record for a long time uh we never were super happy with the mix even though it was mixed by legend andy wallace it's just like it didn't it just didn't sit with where we were like envisioning it going and but then at a certain point that becomes hard i think because people are used to hearing it a certain way and just changing the mix i think almost always is just gonna bug people they're like that's not how i was used to hearing it and so they had the idea of actually just re-recording it not trying to reinvent the wheel with it, but the songs change a bit as you know we play them over twenty years. They breathe better. They're like they flow differently, and, and it's so it's it's not super different, but it's uh, it. I think we somehow threaded the needle where I thought there was going to be a lot of pushback and a, a lot of people bummed out, and you know some people happy, whatever. But it's been overwhelmingly positive, and it's given people like uh, almost like a weird deja vu thing where it's like they're hearing it for the first time again. <laughs> Uh, which is a hard thing to do. Uh, so that, I mean, at the end of the day, we were hoping that it would be something that fans would be excited about. And it seems like that's worked out. So. How did you go about getting like, whether it's Sam from the architects or Andy Hull, Manchester, like what was the process for that? I mean, they're all friends. So that's the easy part. Uh, but yeah, like all kind of different things like Sam, uh, you know, was, I mean, still is a fan of the band, but grew up as a fan of the band. And we've seen him a bunch out in London whenever we come through. Um, and that seemed like a fun one to have on a screaming thing. Andy Hull's great. Probably my favorite friend I've like made in being in a band. Uh, and we have a lot of fun together. And, and Manchester Orchestra is just amazing. So it's fun to have him on there. Uh, for 
Brian McTurney was on there who recorded the original artist in the ambulance uh, as a one, just because he's a bud, but two, as a way to be like, you're part of the still, you are intensely part of what this whole album is and it wouldn't be here without you. Um, so it's no slight on him that we wanted to, you know, redo it. But it was uh, it was really fun actually making the whole thing. Uh, yeah, it was one of those things where you think like, is this a good idea? And then you don't know for a long time. <laughs> That seems like everything in my life. Even when I leave the house, is it a good idea yeah. that I'm going to have a Red Bull now and the doctor told me to stop drinking these? Is that really a good idea? I just had Ed go get me my third Americano, and I'm like, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> so funny, man. When you guys hit the road, it's coming up pretty soon, and you're going to play the entire album. Have you rehearsed? Do you play are you, you play the songs in order, first to end? Yeah, we'll How does play that work? Play it front to back, which we've never done. Uh, so that'll be fun. And uh, I feel like the the revisiting is a good good bridge between like the old record and like it's gonna sound like this live now. Like so, yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun and uh, it's gonna be great. I feel like it's just gonna be a big party. It is gonna be a big party. A lot of people are gonna. So many memories are gonna pop up in everybody's head whenever when a certain song comes on or so, when you guys start to play a certain song. Back in the late '90s, we're gonna rewind a little bit here, and you're down there in Irvine. Did you always want to do something in music? Did you play sports down there? Like, what the heck were you up to? I always thought, I mean, at least for a long time, I I really wanted to, you know, be in a band and do all that. Um, I think it just seemed, it seemed like out of reach. It seemed like, you know, how do you do that? How do you get there? And there was like, a, I was a freshman when uh, this guy, Steve Scavo, uh, was a senior, a sweet dude, and was like in a band that was encouraging to us. But like, we'd see like their band, they'd play at lunch at school, and then they'd play like a show. And we're like, and they put out a, you know, a CD, like EP, and it was just like, you can just do it. Like you just do it. And you just take little steps. And it was super inspiring. So just kind of like that, we're like, okay, we're going to record an EP. We're going to play a show. And then it just kind of kept little snowball rolling and little steps and then we we're like oh we're gonna sign to a record label and now we're gonna make another record and now we're quitting our jobs and going on tour so it just it was always seemed like a like it would be amazing but uh it was kind of out of reach and then we just started taking little steps uh, did it ever feel like there were huge speed bumps that you couldn't get over when you're putting out the debut and the second record before you went to major label no uh well i am thankful that it was I mean, it wasn't like a super slow process, but it wasn't fast either, you know, like between like we put the major label record out like five years in, you know, so like, and it was just a pretty steady climb. And I think that, you know, we're all fairly mellow humans anyway, but it that the slower growth, I think, helped us to keep our heads on straight. Were there some bands in that early 2000 range that you think about now that were just, they were super cool to you. And maybe if they wouldn't have acted a certain way, it just, it just would have been a bummer because your experience, whether it was touring or whatever you were up to, just wouldn't have been as fun. Yeah. I mean, we had mostly really great experiences uh, in the early touring days, like very few horror stories. Uh, like I mean, hot water music comes to mind as like that they were they felt like they felt so much older than us, but they, in reality, they were probably, I mean, they were, they had to have been in their like early twenties or something, but it did, they were also just gruff and like, felt like, Oh shit. Man. Uh, like there are just like felt like a big brother, like, like, 
it's okay little dudes like yeah come on like um but uh yeah so i mean it definitely and and you know there's a an ethos in the punk scene that just that you take care of each other and you know we're all in this together we're all just people and there's not a, a big divide and so uh we had that modeled really well for us and something we try to hold on to still in the way that we treat other people and other bands the four of you in thrice in 98 97 99 whatever it is was the first show you ever did at a school or was it a house party was it a real venue it was a it was like a community center uh event that was like it's called band aid like because you were bringing like uh, canned foods and raising okay. money for stuff. So <laughs> nice. um, that was like a common thing. Uh, Did they know what they so were getting it's, with it's, you guys? It's like, kind, it's like kind of a battle of bands you thing. Oh. Um, uh, so we played that, we played houses, churches. And then like, you know, when we got to play like at a real venue, like that was a big deal. Um, I worked at a record store and the, one of the guys that booked um, a lot of the local shows worked there too. So that was helpful. He'd throw us on like, you know, boy, that's fire's coming through. Like you guys are opening or whatever. Like, you know, it was just wow. it was great. Yeah. But, you know, kudos to him because just because you're working with someone doesn't mean that that person you're working with is a good musician. Their band could stink. Had he seen you play or at least listen to a couple songs? Uh, yeah, him and the owner of the shop actually were the ones who helped us uh, put out our first full. Oh, Greenfly. So they were. Yeah, green flag. Yeah, so they're sweethearts. Very, very cool that they did that. I was talking to someone the other day. I was like, they just watched High Fidelity, and I was like, it's totally like that. Those those little kids, and they're, they're just like, yeah, we'll put out your record. Right. right. When I look back at uh, all your accomplishments, and I don't know if it was supposed to go this way for every band or just for you, the cycle you were on, and the work ethic, and the schedule from two thousand to like maybe two thousand twelve or something. That to me, looking back, seems almost unattainable or undoable. Do you think it was too much or was it the right pacing? It was a lot. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, there are multiple reasons why we took a couple years off. Um, but the pace was definitely one of them. And, uh, and then, you know, starting to have families and trying to figure out how does this pace work with having family. And so, yeah, taking the break was very helpful for kind of reestablishing like okay, we, how how do we restart this without being stuck in the groove of like, like it was really just grinding away a lot of it, and it's hard. I mean, in the beginning, I think you really have to grind, and then later on, you actually can't tour as much as you do in the beginning because you are headlining more and you you're diluting like your own pool of people coming up. But uh, it's still it's hard to balance it all. Um, you know, we try to tour shorter times now. <laughs> I feel like we've like we get we were trying to break tours in half and kind of gave up on that a little bit and just try to like cap them at like close to five weeks because uh, we used to do like seven eight weeks and it just it sucks um and not just that but then it was time to record a new record and i know that's oh, yeah, the business yeah. of course everyone wants to make music but it was like all right you better be creative because uh in one year or less we need 10 more songs yeah i mean the, the pace is pretty Pretty impressive, I think, as I look at it. Like, and even with the break, like, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how the math works on this, but we're still like about on track for like a record every two years. Wow. Because we're at what well, we just put out eleventh, twenty five. I guess a little less than that. But Horizons still. East, that's eleven, right? Or no? Yeah, that's eleven. Yeah. So, twenty. Yeah, I guess we're a little off that. We're at like two, two and a quarter, maybe. 
That's still pretty good with a break in there. That's, I mean, that's really, really impressive. Honestly, though, that's like, I feel like as a smaller band, you have to keep doing that pace because you make your money uh, on the road. And so you've got to have something else. I mean, the way that records, it, it sucks because like we make the record because we love making music, but then it's also, you don't really sell them these days. It's like a promotional tool for you to tour on. <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard, yeah. Um, so you got to keep it going. So do you keep making the albums because you have the creative itch, and it's like I that that's what we do. We make albums, or is there another? I mean, we always have, we always have the creative itch. It's just like you always feel the time crunch more than you want to. So it's like yes, very excited to make a record, and like oh shit, it has to be done soon. But honestly, we kind of work well under pressure, so. It's a trade-off. Uh, otherwise, I think we would just noodle forever. Dustin, you've seen more bands than I have start at a similar time than you, and for a variety of reasons, they got off track, and who knows what they're doing now. What do you attest the four of you to, like, still going and stronger than ever and creating excitement, and it's you guys in a room still and on the road? I mean, I think a lot of stages along the way, there's a lot of luck involved. Uh, that's just reality. There's so many amazing bands that just never, it never worked, you know, it never clicked, it never, it, whatever. There's so many reasons, but, uh, so aside from that, I think really having a, um, like a steadiness, a consistency in what we're trying to do. Like we're just, we love making music. We, you know, love and respect each other and we love and respect the people that listen to our music and try not to get caught up in anything else you know just i think as long as we're being true to like that vision for us that translates to people as much as you know you don't know ever like oh is anyone gonna like this like at a certain point i mean we always fought against that and at a certain point i think we really stopped worrying about it just like we're gonna do what we're gonna do someone's gonna like it someone's not gonna like it and i can't control that so that's a great answer thanks man for that yeah what was it like internally, externally? Because I heard so many things from all different bands who go from an indie to a, what's called a major label or a major label to an indie. And everyone has incredibly positive stories. And then you hear some negatives. What was, and was there any sort of internal struggle or just straight excitement signing that deal uh, before you put out your third album that we are celebrating here this year? I mean, it's a weird time because we put out The Illusion Safety on hopeless or and basically like that week everything just went crazy and all these labels were calling us it was a, it was a weird time in the music industry uh and so that was weird and very unexpected uh and we had to just sit back and be like okay this is interesting it's you know exciting whatever but we don't have to do this we're doing fine so with that in mind like now we can like look at these options and if there's not something that seems right to us like we can just walk away and that's fine so i think that perspective helped take the pressure off of like what do we do um and then it was just a matter of being like do any of these people get us you know it's right. everyone's gonna be like oh we'll do this many records for this much money or whatever just, at some point like that ceases to matter because it's going to be fine either way but like are there people here who actually understand what we're trying to do as a band so uh the crew that we signed with at island at that time like we really felt like they understood uh we were going to be a career rock band we're not probably gonna have like 
some giant singles or whatever, but we're going to keep making really good music and, you know, kind of like a more of a seventies rock band vibe where it's just like, there's some bands, they just keep making rad tunes. And then, Oh, there's a, that song went good for them, whatever. But, uh, and they seem to get that. And I, I believe that they did. And then eventually, you know, two records later, those, all those people were gone from the label. So it's kind of a it's... different label, even though you're signed on paper to that label. So that's the way it goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we figured our way out of there. It was a, we made the Alchemy Index on our own and then it's... we were still on the label and we convinced them. <laughs> we finally gave it to them. They did not know what to do with it. And <laughs> What's we, this fire we water them. thing? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So we convinced them to like, let us keep the record and they Ooh. got to keep the rest of the money that they owed us. So that was the the main thing was like do not shelve this record that we've just poured our lives into. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, that was about the worst of it, and that wasn't even that bad. So no, it doesn't sound that bad at all. But it also sounds like, and man, I'm jealous of how mature you've been from early on. Did you? <laughs> is it just your own instincts guiding you through all that, or are there people in your ear that you trusted? I don't know. I just, I just we are. I mean, we all have our own weird quirks and whatever but we're all pretty just mellow down-to-earth people overall and i think having a group of four people like that there's nothing super inflammatory that's throwing you off track at any point i mean i think that the early years were definitely like uh you know you're kind of growing up on the road so there's uh maturing issues that have to happen there but uh yeah. Yeah. looking back at making the artist in the ambulance 20 years ago, 20 years July, I think. But do you have any memories that pop out, like pressure, no pressure, fun, no fun, big studio, tons of candy everywhere? It was a lot of fun. It was, I think, a lot of the pressure, even though I think Island was great, like, you know, it's still like a big machine. A lot of people that are hoping you do the XYZ. And uh, so I think Brian, our producer, ended up taking a lot of the brunt of that and shielding us from it, you know, so... We really didn't feel a lot of that. We were excited to make the record. Um, it's the first time we worked with, so we'd worked with Brian on the previous record, but didn't do any like pre-production, like where he's involved in where we're writing and he's putting input in. So that time we did a lot of that. That was uh, different and cool. And we trusted him. So that was uh, great. We worked, uh, we did the drums up in Bearsville, which is like an old classic studio. So that was the first time we'd been anywhere that like that because Brian's place was tiny and, um, this was like up in Woodstock, basically, oh, really? just out in the woods and yeah. uh, very, I mean, it's not around anymore, which sucks, but it's, it's just a lovely place to record. So yeah, that was, that was a bit different. We got to spend longer on it and all that. So the first two albums are recorded somewhere in Southern California, like down in Irvine or Orange County or Hollywood. No, the second one was at Brian's Place, which is in um, uh, Beltsville, Maryland. Uh, or was at the time, but so that was like, he had built out a, a smaller studio. Um, but this, the place we did the, the drums at was in, in Bearsville up in New York. And it's, it's just, it was this gigantic crazy room, which was part of the reason that in the end we were like, what did you do Andy Wallace? Cause we got <laughs> all these big room sounds and then he put a sample in there, the same snare sound over and over. And why did we spend so long and have drum tech and the drum it was just like <laughs> right. uh oh yeah. don't go on tilt it's okay <laughs> yeah but it was I mean, it was it was a cool experience um yeah i missed that place we we did vc there too and it was just the best i recall playing all that's left on the radio 
and you'd come in and visit me, and I may have met, I did meet some of your family, and it was so exciting from my end. Was being on the radio, was that like a, were you guys excited for that when that was happening all over the country? Yeah, it was, it was weird. Um, yeah, it's just that kind of thing that feels, it's, I mean, surreal is the only word where you're like, this is neat, and it's like, it's happening, and I'm in it, right? Like, it, you know what I'm saying? It's like hard, something you'd be like, that would be really cool to happen, and then it's happening, and you're like, this feels odd. <laughs> like, it's my life, but it's strange. Uh, yeah, it was super exciting. I remember it was like Bad Religion, and then The Offspring song, and then here's a song from Thrice, and it was just, uh, yeah, it was really, really fun times. It was so fun watching you from afar and watching you guys get all this uh awesome attention and ending up on so many people's radar day after day after day. And many of those I know for sure are still with you guys. Yeah, I think that's true. I think we've had really been very fortunate to, to have people that, you know, not only just liked a certain song they heard, but have been invested in the band for a long time. Where are you right now? Because I see the like really cool white square designs behind you. Is that a kitchen yeah. or a studio? This is our studio. Uh, so we built this out before we recorded Horizons East. Uh, we recorded it here. So this is the first time we've really had like a legit headquarters. Like we've got some storage space. You know, we've got the control room, the live room, a little like office area. Um, it's just like one of those narrow, like, you know, a bunch of things in a row. And there's the, the back door that rolls up and then, you know, like a little office area in the front. But we built a room into it that's pretty soundproofed and... Uh, it's a little weird because we're on month-to-month uh, -month rent. Uh, so at some point, they could just kick us out, and we spent a lot of money getting this place. Like this. <laughs> but they've had people in here for like 30 years and month-to-month, -month, which is wild. And uh, nobody else, like we would just mention music, and everyone else is like, nope, 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 we can't. Can't be here. Like we're like, we'll sound, nope. And so this, this place was like, yeah, you can do that. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's been really, really nice and we like recording ourselves and we practice here, you know, rehearse everything. So it's great. How many rehearsals have you been doing for the tour when you're playing all the songs from the artist in the ambulance? None yet. I mean, <laughs> uh, Do you we didn't record it that, that long ago. Yeah, we got to rehearse. Um, we, we actually rehearse quite a bit. Uh, we get, <laughs> it's hard. Cause like, we'll go to the point where I start playing worse at rehearsal because we've been doing it too much and my brain is now like i can't do this anymore i'm tuning out <laughs> and that's when i know i'm like i'm probably saturated at this point and uh i need to lay off a little bit but i mean it's different when you're at a show like you activate and like your brain's like okay i'm going but uh rehearsal gets gets old after a little bit but it's important dustin you have to name of all the albums you've made i'm only asking favorites here your top two favorite thrice albums Mm, no, let's go three. We'll go three. You've put out 11. We'll go three. That's okay. like 33% of them. Okay. Uh, Horizons East. That's the latest one, aside from this revisited. Um, really love that record. Very diverse. Uh, it's like my favorite tones we've ever got. Uh, we work with a new mixer who's probably just our guy from now on because he really gets what we're trying to do. And it's like one of the bands mixing it, but we can you know, give our ears a break. Scott Evans, he's great. And then I think I would say the Alchemy Index is huge. I, I think just what we accomplished with that and the four different EPs and yeah. the concepts. And I mean, it was a lot of fun to make and I'm really proud of it. And then 
Hmm. I might say Beggars, which is the record after Alchemy Next, and it's very stripped down. Uh, it's like mellower tones. Like it's it's kind of like sounds like a seventies record almost. And then because we were just like, okay, we just did this really expansive thing, and now we're just gonna jam in a room, and nothing can be on the record unless someone can play it at the same time as everything else is happening. Oh, so like, yeah. if if there's keyboards, like there's no guitar from Tepe because he's playing a keyboard. Um, so yeah, it was a big like swing back from uh, Alchemy, but it's I think it's a really cool record. Wow, you've put out so much great music over so many years. Thanks for joining me on the show, by the way. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. It's good to see you, and my best to everybody in your orbit. And uh, one of the L.A. shows, well, there's one down there and then one up by me. I will see you at that one for the big 20th anniversary show. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Okay, me too. Thank you again, Dustin, and congratulations on an awesome career, man. Dude, thanks so much. You got it. Okay, cheers. Bye. That's another episode of Strikers Tuna on Toast. Promise it'll get better. Most likely. For sure. <laughs>